Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're chatting about Karen's journey to recovery from a horrible chronic injury which has halted her run training and tested her both physically and emotionally. We'll be tracking Karen's progress over the coming weeks and she'll update you on her treatment, training and nutrition. We hope that by sharing Karen's journey that if you ever have to face a return from injury, you'll be able to tap into our advice to help your recovery and get back to running. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time, we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi, I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen as always and today we're taking you on a journey. So we're actually taking you on Karen's nutrition and rehab journey towards healing from injury Uh, and this is an update in a series of episodes following Karen's journey to recovery and what we're going to be talking about is Karen's program of rehab treatment uh, alongside her nutrition and supplements and and testing if she's doing any. Uh, We'll explore what her current training status is and also how she's feeling emotionally and psychologically and what her next goals are with regards to recovery because if you've listened to a previous episode you'll know that she's got a little bit of a challenging time ahead recovering from an injury but before we begin our conversation today I'd like to welcome back our regular listeners and if you are listening for the first time uh, a very warm welcome to you and we hope you enjoy this episode and uh, check out some of our previous episodes and join us with uh, to follow. So Karen and I love podcasting and we love it even more when we hear from you. So please drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Introduce yourself and share a little bit about your running and nutrition goals and perhaps your recovering from an injury uh, too. We'd, we'd love to hear about it and see how we can help you. And just finding out more about you will help us plan future topics for the podcast. So we really appreciate some feedback. Now, we do have some free downloadable ebooks at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. And if you look at the top menu bar for free nutrition guides, you'll find um, 
all that we have to offer there. Um, the most popular ebook we have is Top Running Snacks and Nutrient Timing, and that's to help fuel your running. And it goes alongside much of the advice we share in our episodes, and we really hope that it helps you. So let's get started. So hi, Karen. I hope you, you're well today. Really looking forward to hearing all about your updates. Um, and I know, as I said earlier, we, we did release an introductory episode a little while ago about this new series. But let's start with you um, give us an, giving us an update and reminding us of why you decided on, on this idea. Yes. Hi. Thanks, Aileen. And hi, everybody. Um, Yeah, really, there were several reasons that led to us launching this series. Now, I think it was mainly because you and I have had feedback from many of our listeners um, saying that they really like us, like it when we share our personal experience, because it helps them relate to their own running successes and their own challenges. So that was the main reason really was from our listeners feedback. Yeah, and I think it's always really interesting to hear other people's stories, uh, especially if you're struggling with a situation. It might be training, injury or health conditions. Um, and, and when you've got you in that situation as a runner, you can feel very alone with it. And um, it can really help when you hear somebody else facing a similar dilemma. And it can also be quite inspirational when you hear their recovery story, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I and I can relate to that as well. You know, I kind of feel I'm the only runner in town that can't run when I'm injured, you know, and I see all these happy runners and I think, oh, I can't do it. Um, so really our aim here is to give everybody some guidance and um, information through share, sharing our experiences, really so that your journey is made easier, quicker and more manageable um, if you're going through anything similar when we share our stories. And I think really, Ailey, my final thought here would be um, that we're introducing this series really to show everybody that we can all go through highs and lows as a runner and for many different reasons. And, and that means us as well. You know, we do go through these these difficulties as well as the good times. So um, so, so we just thought it might be helpful um, to, to share that with you because it can be really reassuring knowing that you're not the only one there and then even us sitting here as you know, your your um, educators in a way, we can experience these things as well. Yeah, none of us get a golden ticket, do we? So we have to be prepared to, as you say, deal with the highs and lows. So, so let's get started, Karen. Let's, um, you know, hear a little bit about your injury first. Yeah, well, Aileen, it is a bit of a, a, a chronic injury. And um, I think I might have had it now for around two years. And I always thought it was just lazy glutes um, that were causing the discomfort because I do have lazy glutes. But it wasn't until I was actually researching one of our episodes. I think it was um, episode 132, that's hamstring injury, nutrition for fast recovery. So when I was doing that that research, I was just finding out about lots of different hamstring injuries. And then what popped up was this hamstring tendinopathy. And I just thought, oh, I think I'm ticking all the boxes here. And um, and hamstring tendinopathy it basically is inflammation of the hamstring tendons. And I have had 
tendinopathy in the past. So I'm sensing that it might actually just be a weakness that I have. You know, if I do get injured, it it seems to affect my tendons. And and just in case anybody doesn't know, those um, tendon the hamstring tendons are what attach the muscles to the sitting bone in the buttock area. That is where they're positioned. So it's really high up into um, sort of, you know, where the crease is in your buttocks. It's sort of yeah. high up. So it's very difficult to get to, actually, um, when when um, trying to either massage or roll or whatever. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you know, you said this has been going on for a couple of years. Obviously, I know you pretty well, Karen, and yeah, I can sort of remember you talking about it from time to time. Um, so, what if you've obviously decided at this point that you really need to investigate it? Is that is that what's going on? Yeah, exactly that. In I decided, okay, enough's enough. I need to investigate it properly. Um, and also, I was just finding that it was starting to affect my running performance significantly. And um, and it was just, it, I could just sense that I was slowing down when I was doing sort of the um, the the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the skill-based training. I just wasn't able to do it to the same degree that I was before. And I thought, okay, enough's enough. And also I developed a toe injury. And I think that was because of my feet compensating for the, the hamstring injury. And I thought, okay, time to time to take action. Yeah, yeah. It does sound as though one injury might have been leading to another. Um, so do, do you obviously think that's the case, Karen? Yeah, definitely, Aileen. What what happened was um, I was doing a 20-mile trail run in the South Downs, which was absolutely stunning, I have to say. Um, and, and if anybody has actually run it, you'll know that it's really, really hilly. And anyway, at about 15 miles my glutes because it's interesting although it's hamstring tendons I, I feel the discomfort in the glutes so and they were getting really really tired and 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 it was beginning to get sort of quite painful deep into where the the tendons are the hamstring tendons are and then after that I started to feel some pain in my big toe and I have to say I've never had any issues below my hips I've never touched root never had any issues you know I haven't had knee issues and I haven't had toe issues um and you know apart from blisters and bruised toes but never never in my big toe and I have to say Aileen it, by the end of it it was really painful oh you know I'm imagining you during this race Karen this is going on um what happened did you decide to stop running because it just sounded as though you were in quite a bit of pain and discomfort at the point at that point I was Aileen um but you know me being me I I probably should have but no I didn't stop um I just ran through the pain um I, although I have to say that the, the my running was slow, I probably could have walked quicker than I than I was running. But I did carry on to get to the end. But by the time I had I was finished, it's almost like my brain had forgotten about the glute pain. 
and my toe was what was taking over. And I actually thought I'd broken it because it was so painful. Oh, my goodness. It sounds horrendous. So had you broken your toe? Actually, no, Aileen, believe it or not, I hadn't. Um, I, I I didn't have it x-rayed right enough. But but when I got home and I, I looked at it properly, there wasn't any swelling, there wasn't any bruising. And then the following day, I, I was able to bend it um, a little bit. But um, but it did stop me running completely. I, I tried to run, but then my foot started compensating. So I was trying to, I was then getting pain elsewhere. So I thought, no, no, Karen, you've got to stop. And I have to say, I was completely devastated um, at this point. And, and it was then that I knew I had to get some professional support for all these different injuries that I've got now. Yeah, I mean, it is a sort of a typical story, isn't it? One thing leads to another. But, you know, I, I sense the moral of the story is not to ignore the signs and symptoms of a potential injury. So, you know, the build up to the toe injury was going on for months, mm. even, you know, a couple of years, if you said, as you said there, Karen. So I, I guess, you know, we always it's it's not easy to take our own advice, is it? But uh, if you have any niggly injuries, it's a sign that you need to get something investigated. So, you know, stop running, take some rest and um, get some professional help. Yeah, definitely, Aileen. And, and, and I am hoping this time that I've learnt my lesson uh, from this experience. So because I've been places before and I've managed to, to work through it and it hasn't led to any other injuries. But I think this is telling me something. My body's trying to tell me something. So I am hoping that I have learned from it and I will, you know, take your advice and, and, um, and my own advice in stopping. If I feel niggles, stop, check it out with somebody, find out what I can do to support it and stop it getting worse and check out if it's okay to still keep running. Maybe I can, but I just have to reduce the amount of running I'm doing. So, so that's actually a better approach than what I was doing I would say yeah yeah well it's hindsight is a great thing um so let's just um you know talk about what you, you know you took a decision to get some professional help where did you where did you start what did you start doing well, actually, the first thing I did was to investigate um, dry needling. I don't know if anybody's heard of dry needling. It is something we've mentioned um, previously, I think, in that hamstring um, episode. And um, it's, it's something that I've had in the past for a hip issue. And I have to say, it really worked wonders. Not on its own. Clearly, it was alongside um, some physiotherapy and also remedial exercises. But I, I felt uh, once they started doing the dry needling, I just felt that my, the healing sped up. Um, but anyway, so I looked again for that, um, but I couldn't find a physio who did it. So then I explored acupuncture um, because I've had that done in the past as well um, with a positive outcome. That I think that I had that done for a was like a stiff neck type injury. It wasn't running induced. It was just a really stiff neck, and I had that done, and I find that really helpful as well. So, so those were the two things that I. I investigated initially, Aileen. Okay. And what, I, I don't know much about dry needling, Karen. Is there any difference between dry needling and acupuncture? 
Well, well, actually, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I believe that acupuncture is working on the flow of energy and trigger points along the body's meridian lines. And um, so it's very much an Eastern um, um, approach to healing. And then dye needling, I believe, focuses on stimulating um, the muscles, the tendons, the soft tissue to get them to release. Um, but if anyone can enlighten us any more, if you if you can tell us more about these differences, do get in touch because it would be really interesting to know. You can just um, email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and uh, we'd be interested to find out more. Yeah, that would be great. And I do know that there are some listeners who work in this sort of area. Um, so, yeah, it'd be nice to hear from them and, and hear how, how they use it in their practice. So, um, you know, you've, you've been having acupuncture. Um, what can you tell us anything about that? What happens in a treatment session? Yeah, so I, I, I started it recently, Aileen. So um, it's a bit I would say it's a bit early to know how much of an effect it's going to have on the injury. Um, I will feed back on that um, on our next um, episode. But but basically, you're kind of just lying. Well, I was lying face down because she was working on the on the back of my legs and up into the buttock area, and it's just like. She, I don't know the size of these needles, basically, because I can't see them, but I don't think they're very big and I think they're quite fine. And she just kind of twists them into different spots along along my leg and up into the buttock. And I have to say, I do feel it's almost like a cramping and releasing as I'm as I'm lying there. One, as she puts it in and then I'm left there for about 25 minutes and I just kind of deep breathe, I breathe into it. And and sometimes I'll get these little spasms. And I think that's maybe sort of the 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 lines, the energy lines clearing. I'm not 100% sure. But um, but it's it, it's it's an unusual sensation. And um, but like I say, it's it's too early days for me to say whether um, whether it's going to to be highly effective or not. But I'll let you know. Oh, well, it sounds interesting. I think anything's worth a go. I, I've had acupuncture to not for um, sort of physical injuries, but as you say, to sort of try and um, get the energy flow better and that kind of thing. And um, it does feel like a little, it's almost like a flick. It feels like a flick when the needle goes in. And yes. you, as you say, if you can't see it, you you don't really know what's what's going on. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I certainly identify with what you're saying about the you do get some sensation um, and you feel as though something's changing. So, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting approach. Yes. So um, you you mentioned um, you're having some other um, therapies. So mm-hmm. what else, what other treatments are you doing, Karen? Yeah, well, what, the other thing I did, Aileen, was um, to contact a local sports physio as well because I felt that I needed to look into that because physio had helped me in the past. Um, I, I, I suppose in a way I was kind of thinking, okay, I need to throw everything at this um, to try and get a, a, a speedy recovery so that I can get back to running as, as quickly as, as possible. So so I did contact them as well. Yeah, and I always think it's good to, you know, if you've got a relationship with 
a physio and maybe they have some other therapists within their practice um you you sort of they've got your history and they know what you're doing and it makes it easier to investigate these little niggly injuries because you can say you know if you've already signed up with them and you you go maybe once or twice a year you've they've got your health history to hand um so it, so what was that what was the diagnosis from the physio yeah, well, I, and I told him, um, his name's Mike, to give him a name. Um, I told him what I suspected the problem was. Um, I, uh, as in that hamstring tendinopathy. And, um, and he just did some checks, some movements, testing, and, um, actually told me that I'd made a, a, a correct diagnosis, which is interesting. And I think also that that shows that, you know, as a runner, you really do get to know your own body. So when you do present with certain symptoms, you you can read more into it and really sort of pinpoint what is going on. And um, and if if you don't, even if you don't do anything, you know, hopefully it means that you will take action because you've pinpointed what it is. Therefore, what you need to do to rec- to to help support recovery. Or you can be like me and you maybe don't do anything immediately, but you'll pay the price. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was just going to say there as well, Aileen, you know, I did mention my toe. He hasn't looked at that yet. He just focused on the on the hamstring issue. But he said that he would he would sort of um, look at that next time. So, uh, again, I can I can feed back what he says about my toe injury. Yeah, and it's a good point. I was just going to say, Karen, it's a really good point that you make there that we know our own bodies and you, you notice changes and it's good to be able to share that with the therapist so that they, it gives them a direction of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about the, the treatment for the hamstring injury? What was the physio, um, suggesting that you do? Well, what he did there and then, um, he did some manipulation of it in the session and and also used one of those um, muscle massage guns. I don't know if you've seen them, Aileen, or used a muscle massage gun. Have you? I've seen them, but no, I've never used them. But I do know a lot of um, physical therapists who, you know, they, they talk about that on their website. So interesting that you had that as an experience. So what was that like? Yeah. Well, um, it, it was, it was, it was quite, it's a bit like a sports massage, actually. It can get quite deep into, um, the, the, the muscles, the tendons, the fascias. And, um, I did find it, he did it mostly on my muscle. I think the idea was to try and release um, the, the hamstring muscles to, to help take the pressure off the tendons. Um, but then he did go up into the tendon and I have to say it really was quite, quite sensitive. Let's say my, my, my tendon. So it, it I, I could feel it, but I knew it was in the long term going to be, going to be supportive. So he did that not for very long, actually, maybe a few minutes on, on each leg. And he, the other thing that he's done is given me a couple of exercises to to do in the gym, and he's told me also to roll out the hamstring muscles, like I say, to help ease the pressure on the tendons. And then, what he did say was at the next appointment he's going to do some um, shockwave therapy. I 
don't know if anybody um has heard of shockwave therapy um you might have heard of it but but basically it's seen as a non-invasive treatment um and and what it is that's a handheld device that passes high energy sound waves through the body it's really interesting and this apparently allows the tendon to start regenerating itself but if it um it, it's not going to like anything uh, it's not going to work on its own it needs to be done alongside other rehabilitation exercises and physios so um it's just another add-on therapy really to i think to help speed up the the recovery time yeah yeah i have heard of this therapy and to be honest now that you've mentioned it i'm like confusing massage guns with shockwave therapy so i'm not sure i really yeah. understood what they both were is it something you've ever had done before karen no no i've never had it done aileen so i'm intrigued actually because i've like you i've heard of it and in fact i've got a friend um who had it done and she said that the results were remarkable um, and she felt some improvement almost immediately. So I'm really hoping that that's going to be the case for me. But um, I, I don't know, but I think because my injury is so chronic, it might take a few sessions before I, I start to feel a difference. But it would be great if I got some relief um, immediately because I just find it most painful when I'm sitting so clearly I'm at my desk all day and also when I'm driving it gets really painful when I'm driving so I am hoping that I will feel some relief um after I've I've had that first first um session but again I'll report back next time and and let you know how that went Great. Well, I'm really glad that you've made a start and that you, you know, you've got a professional helping you. I think that's fantastic. Um, so let's think about you running now, because I know it's a huge part of your life, Karen. And um, you said that you currently can't run because of the pain in your toe. So um, how are you keeping active and what did the physio recommend that you could do? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Aileen. You know, as you know, I do need exercise in my life. And I, I, to be honest, I don't think my husband would want me around if I didn't have any physical activity. You know, if I wasn't able to do anything, I think I'd be difficult to be around. But interestingly, um, the physio was saying regarding the hamstring tendon issue, he wants me to, to keep running. Uh, what he would like me to do is half the um current volume of my running so um i think i'm probably running 35 to 40 miles a week overall so he would want me to cut that down to 20 miles a week but also only running twice a week so that would be 10 miles each time so he still wants me to 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 do a significant amount of running but just reducing it but like you say I can't run at all at the moment because of the the toes so he's re recommending that I use the cross trainer at the gym which I will do but I know I'm not going to enjoy it um but he did also recommend some swimming and cycling and um, but only cycling if it doesn't irritate the the glutes um because of the you know, sitting all the time. So I was really pleased that I could do the 
the the swimming and the cycling because I do enjoy those two sports not as much as my running but at least it keeps me active and I have tried um the cycling and the this, the bike that I use is a, an old sit up and beg bike and it's got a really well padded and wide seat so I'm finding that certainly the distances I'm going at the moment that's okay so I'm really pleased Oh, that's good. And I think, you know, to get into the mindset about the cross trainer, just think of it as therapy rather than Mm. something that is not pleasant to do. Just think I'm doing this for therapy and that might help you get through it and take some nice music to listen to or another podcast. Yeah, that would be a great mindset to get into Alien. And um, yeah, like you say, our podcast alongside or another podcast to to listen to as well. Yeah, so um, the good news is that you can still be pretty active uh, without, you know, a high volume of running for a little while. So at least you're getting out and about. And I actually saw Ailish McColgan post, I follow her on um, social media, and she was uh, doing some exercises in a pool the other day. So I think if it's good enough for Ailish, it's good enough for you. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like you say, at least I am still able to to be active. I think it would just take a bit of time to adapt and and, and accept that I've got to do a different type of, of exercise for a while because I have to say, you know, for me, there, there is nothing quite like quite like running um no other sport although I enjoy the other sports and forms of physical activity if they don't give me the same excitement don't give me the same buzz but at least I'm still I'm still able to do something so I'm not going to complain anymore really okay good good (laughs) okay so we've established um that you know, you've, there's two injuries that you're dealing with, Karen. So there's a chronic injury and then the, the toes more acute. And hopefully with the physio treatment and the acupuncture, now that that's all underway, um, that's going to be really helpful. And, you know, you, you've got some expert advice about how much and what type of exercise to do uh, while you recuperate. So, Uh, Let's think about nutrition now. Have you adjusted your meal plan or your nutrient intake uh, since you've had this diagnosis? Yeah, well, I suppose looking at that, I am I am always pretty careful about my food intake and I do tend to follow um, the 80-20 rule that we speak about um, so often Aileen that would be my my lifestyle choice when it comes to eating. Now I think really the key changes that I've probably made to date um, and again they'll probably change again as I continue on my on my path to recovery is that I have reduced my caffeine intake. Um, And as everybody or certainly most people will know, I do love my coffee, but I am also clearly aware that it is known to be inflammatory. And I used to have two double shot black Americanos each day um, in the morning. So I would finish those by midday but that's a lot of caffeine in a morning so I've actually reduced it to two single shot Americanos and psychologically you know I feel as though I'm still having my two coffees but um, each of them has only one shot in it so I've managed to half my intake so I'm impressed with myself. (laughs) 
I'm impressed with you too because <laughs> it's quite funny when we're if we're in a coffee shop together, you know, you can paranoid there's a double shots. You can almost see the waitress or the waiter just sort of like raising their eyebrows. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> nothing else will do it's got to be a double shot so yes. uh, I know I know that must have been uh hard but it's it's interesting that you know you you've taken the approach that you're going to you know do anything you can to improve your inflammation status as you as you recover yeah definitely and you know like you say Aileen it was hard but on saying that it wasn't as hard as I was expecting it to be and 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 also, you know, I do think it is because I knew I was doing it for a good reason. Um, if I want to perform at my best, I need to make the changes like we say to everybody else. You know, if you want to be the best, it's about taking care of your your health. And um, and that includes my musculoskeletal health. So I knew uh, it needed to be done and I was doing it for the right reason. So I was OK with that. Yeah, and I think everything, every little incremental change you make contributes to your overall uh, recovery. So I think that's a really good approach. So what mm. about um, the amount of food you're eating and, and portion sizes? Um, have you have you adjusted anything there? Yeah, I have actually, because um, clearly that's important. I'm not doing the miles that I was doing before, so I, so I need to think about maintaining body composition and appropriate body composition. So it, it, that means appropriate energy intake versus energy output. So, and as you know, Aileen, I love my food as much as uh, as I love my coffee, but because I'm not training to the same level, I don't need the same amount of of energy from my food. Now, this I was finding really hard. Um, as well, because, you know, I have a real fear that if I lose muscle mass over time, I could possibly gain some fat mass. Um, and that's clearly not ideally what I want. I want to maintain where I am now, really. So um, I would say that the main change I have made regarding portion size is that I don't have any seconds anymore because I like to, I tend to eat from a, a, a smaller plate than a big dinner plate um, because I enjoy having seconds. So again, it's something else I introduced ages ago to manage portion control uh, or portion sizes. So what I'm doing now is sort of, having the same size of plate, but trying to avoid having the seconds. But if I do have seconds, then I'm just choosing the the, the raw vegetables, the salads, things like that as my choice. So um, so that that's the other thing. Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, it's a good message there that and it was one that we always talk about, isn't it, about adjusting your food intake up and down related to your training load. Um, mm. But I think it's also important to think when when you are on a healing journey that your body is needing lots of nutrients to make that healing happen. Um, so it's important just, to, you know, if anybody's listening is, yes, you know, adjust your food intake, but make sure that you're still eating enough for everyday requirements, but also, you know, for therapeutic requirements as well. Um, so don't cut back, particularly I'm thinking on protein and, and all the micronutrients you mentioned there, vegetables, carrots. So that's always really, really great. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to, um, get an update 
uh, from you next time on how your nutrient status is and, and your coffee status too. Um, yeah. But I, I was also thinking about um, if you've taken any additional nutrient nutritional supplements to support uh, the healing journey that you're on. Yes, I am alien, which kind of feeds into you saying you, know, you need to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients that you need for that healing journey. Um, so I am taking um, several different uh, supplements. And actually, many of them are turmeric based um, because um, I do need or I feel that I need to be taking uh, taking turmeric at therapeutic levels, so that curcumin within the turmeric at um, at therapeutic levels. So I've started taking um, rhythm uh, nutrition turmeric, as well as the feel joint capsules, and also I'm taking a pulsing um, curcumin and black pepper blend, and I kind of. Um, well, actually, before I move on to say that, that, that um, Poulsen curcumin um, also doubles up as a, as a protein powder because there's 16 grams of protein in, in each scoop, so in each serving. So I'm using that to, to try and maintain my protein intake as well for, like you say, Aileen, that, that, healing, that healing process. Um, but because I've got so many that are turmeric, based and curcumin based on what I'm trying to do is I've got the three different ones so I'm spacing them out during the day I'll take one first thing in the morning then I'll take another before lunch generally and then I tend to have the pulsing as like a an afternoon um protein shake but knowing that I'm getting the the um curcumin in there as well now, outside of that, I'm also taking um, a glucosamine and um, boswellia a blend by Terranova. So that's really supportive of, um, of joints and soft tissue, as well as a, a vegan omega-3 supplement and vitamin D drops. So, um, so that's my array at the moment. Brilliant. So really supporting the anti-inflammatory mm. um, system and also um, thinking about um, other things that are going to help your musculoskeletal health so it's really good and I like the idea that you're spreading it out through the day and if anybody's interested in any of these um, trying out any of these supplements we have got some discount codes uh, for some of these companies so we'll put them in the show notes um, so that you can find them and uh, try them out for yourselves so uh, it sounds like you're really throwing everything at this Karen to get a speedy recovery which is uh, what I would expect you to do uh, so you've, you you're thinking about you know therapy you're thinking about your exercise plan your food plan and then you've also got a great array of supplements which all have a an anti-inflammatory um action which is which is great um so and you you talked about spreading them out during the day which means that your your body's getting plenty of opportunity to use up all these nutrients um, yeah, exactly. Aileen, you know, like I say, I'll, I'll have some at um, breakfast time and some before breakfast time. You know, certain ones are better on an empty stomach and others are better with food. And I think that's another point to put forward for everybody is if you are taking supplements, supplements, just make sure you are aware of 
you know, how they're going to be best absorbed. Is it going to be having them on an empty stomach or or with food? So bear that in mind. So um, so till now, I've shared with you um, my little cocktail of supplements that I'm currently taking. And like I say, that that may change as time goes on. Um, I've also shared with you the small changes at the moment that I've made to my my um, food plan. Um, um and 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 the other thing i think i would like to say to to everybody is if you are think if you are taking or thinking about taking nutritional supplements for for lots of different reasons we would highly recommend that you do work with a professional just to make sure that they are the right um choices for your needs you know i'm telling you about what i'm taking that doesn't mean to say that it would be right for you depending on what you're presenting with um but also it's about ensuring that you're taking them at the appropriate levels and it may be that you're on um on medication whether it be over the counter or prescribed medication and you just want to make sure that there are no contraindications with that so we would really recommend that you do work with um with a professional regarding your your supplements and that is something that alien and I can work with you on so do get in touch if you would like some support so anyway Aileen on that note um, I think this might be a good time to to just pause for a short advert break so I'm going to hand back to you Oh, thanks, Karen. So this is the moment in the episode where Karen and I just take a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And and since we've been talking about supplements today, we thought we'd like to share with you a little bit more detail about our one-to-one personalised supplement review. So Karen's just highlighted the importance of working with a professional when you're considering taking any nutritional supplements. And particularly if things change, uh, you know, if your symptoms change or you've had an injury or you, you're trying to uh, correct something, it's a great idea to um, make sure that the supplements you're taking are doing the job for you. Um, so what we um, we like to suggest is that you um you know, you have a review periodically and it's a service that uh, we offer if you'd like some professional input into your nutritional supplement plan. So our service includes a full assessment of your current uh, health and running goals, as well as any medications and supplements you currently take. And and then we have a, a 30 minute consultation um, over Zoom and then we'll put together a, a written supplement plan with you uh, for you uh, with suggestions of supplement brands and therapeutic doses uh, which are personalized to your needs and that's really important because important that you take the right amount and as Karen says you taking it at the right time of the day with or without without food to make sure that the bioavailability of the the supplement um, is right for you and then uh, we also include as part of the package a uh, 15 minute follow up checking call um, that you can take sort of a few weeks after your initial supplement plan just to make sure that you know everything um, is is going well and it can be adjusted for you if you need it to be. So if you would like to have some professional input into your supplement plan um, to help you with your health and running goals, you can book um, that package with us via our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. It's on the top menu bar, uh, click on the work with us page 
uh, you'll see a drop down menu and you'll see supplement review and you can book a time and date to suit you. And it's £149, but it's a, a well worth an investment uh, to make sure that you're you're doing uh, the best that you can for yourself. So we hope you take up that offer and we'd love to have a chat with you about it. Okay, sorry, Eileen. I thought you might ask me another question there, but... Um... Oh, right. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> I <laughs> just was in the flow there and I thought, oh, Karen's going to take over. So, uh, well, I will ask you another question. So, okay. Um, so we've, we've, we've talked about, um, you know, your nutrition. We've talked about your supplements. We've talked about your exercise plan. We've talked about what therapies you're having. Um, so... Um, I'm just wondering, you know, from a, an emotional and a psychological feeling, um, how how are you? Because I know it's a big deal for you, all of this. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Aileen. And um, if I'm completely honest, um, I do think, I do feel that my hamstring issue um, has been getting to me for quite a while now, um, not just at this moment in time when I can't run but I think it's probably been you know just preying on my mind for a while because I have seen my running performance gradually drop um you know you could ask well why didn't you seek treatment earlier and I I, I would say in hindsight I probably should have but I think I was of the mindset that I could just resolve it myself over time, adapting my training, uh, taking the supplements, I'd be able to do it myself, but hey-ho. Anyway, when I then had to stop running completely after I did the the toe injury, I have to say I was gutted, Aileen, and feeling really sorry for myself. Um, and, And I think like I said at the beginning, when this sort of thing happens, you can't find that you're you're the only one in the world that um that can't run. Or well, certainly I do. I was saying I go out and I'm I'm walking and I see all these runners and they all seem to appear um uh, injury free and um running well and I can't run. And also with me, I think my thought process does go into this what if I can't run again? What if this is it and I can't recover from the injury and I'm told that that I'm going to have to stop? And I have to say that does cause me some anxiety because um, I can't imagine my world without running. So, uh, so yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, there's two things. Um, uh, Thinking about never been able to run again, I think you might be slightly over-projecting here. Um, Yes. But but also, you know, it's the typical thing that we all fall into this uh, DIY approach, even, you know, for Mm. you as a professional. And I've I've fallen into that trap before as well. You think that you should be able to solve everything yourself. And it's not the case. It really isn't the case. And, you know, I, I from time to time also, you know, have to think, well, I need somebody else to help me here. And, um, you know, I don't think you're alone in that. So um, we've yeah. got to always remember that, you know, there are professionals out there and they can, they can pinpoint things so much faster than we can, even if it's our specialism. You know, I've consulted with nutritionists before and it, it, it's helped me. Um, yeah. So, you know, just, you know, 
don't be so hard on yourself. That's what I would say. Um, but if yeah. if I was to ask you to sum up your your emotions about what you're experiencing, how would you you sum it up, Karen? Um, I think if I was to sum it up in like three or four words, I'd probably say sad, irritated, frustrated, but also determined. Um, I'm really determined to 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 get back to full fitness, full recovery, and full performance. Really, Aileen. So, um, you know, and that's what keeps me going and keeps me motivated is my desire to to be back fully functioning as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, and and even just when you said that, you know, your your um your voice and your energy sort of got stronger as you were saying determined and I'm going to do it and I think again it part of it going through this is letting go of you know you're in a situation you've got to let go of it you are where you are but you can do something and move forward um so I really appreciate you being so open with us and sharing how you're feeling and um, and I'm sure you know many of you listening will be able to re- relate to those feelings and if you do know that you're not alone and um, hopefully you can find some comfort in that um okay so i think that's been a really interesting conversation but unfortunately we're going to have to round it up karen and uh, hopefully everyone's enjoyed uh, this episode on our new journey series and um i'll certainly be interested to uh, find out what karen's got to share with us about her progress in in the next episode um but just to um sort of round up karen just thinking about whatever your treatment training and nutrition plans for recovery might be have, have you got in your mind a sort of an outline of what you think and hope you might might be able to report back on next time yeah, there are a few things, Alien. I'm hoping that I'll be able to report back on. Um, and um, some of those are the shockwave therapy. Um, what was that like? And did I see any uh, immediate improvement? Like, I'm hoping I will. So I'll be, you know, I, w- I will. Um, I look forward to to coming back and telling you about that. Also, the toe injury. What 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 is it what what's going on there that's um making it so painful i'm hoping it's just badly bruised sprained and will recover i don't think it's broken like i say but it will be good to get it diagnosed and also the acupuncture i will have had more sessions of that um and that alongside the the other therapies you know is it is it is it helping and um and also training, you know, maybe by the time I speak to you all again, my tool will be feeling better and I will be able to run a little bit. And that's exciting. So um, I'll tell you about that as well. And then thinking about my nutrition. Yeah, just thinking about the the effects of reducing my caffeine, you know, has do I feel that that's, that's helping to reduce the inflammation um am i able to maintain that reduction in in intake of it as well as coping with eating smaller um portion sizes of food so um because these are all quite big changes for for me the small changes but they're big changes in many ways as well and also the supplements, you know, are they effective? Am I, am I experiencing any side effects? Because I'm taking quite a few um, supplements and I am aware that, you know, that the, the could be 
supplement supplement interaction is it leading to any side effects that um, I maybe need to space them out differently again or reduce certain ones or change them um, and also am I taking them consistently that's another thing with supplements is that for them to be effective it's important to to take them consistently so um, am I am I able to do that and then again, looking at the emotions ailing, I'm really hoping that next time I'm going to feel more positive. And clearly your your support just in this conversation has made me feel um, more positive because you've given me tips on how to change that, that mindset. So thank you for that. And um, and also, you know, if I can't run, what is my mindset? I still can't run. What is my mindset uh, around that? Um, am I able to maintain my my fitness, my um, muscle mass, um, or I or do I feel that I'm losing some form and muscle mass? So that will be a dilemma for me. But hopefully, with the different forms of exercise that I am able to do, I'll be able to maintain that. So so hopefully, quite a lot to share with everybody uh, on my journey. Yeah, there is a lot to share and it just shows a sort of multifactorial approach to it as well that, you know, not one thing is going to help. It's going to be a a sum of lots of different things. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you, Karen, for sharing uh, your journey with us today. And I do feel that I'm on the journey with you, but that's because we, you know, we talk every week. And um, I think sometimes it is really good to sort of take a helicopter view and just see how well you've been doing Uh, because sometimes when you just focusing on the same things every day you don't realize that you're making progress so um hopefully doing these sort of um types of conversations that we're sharing with everybody is is helpful and um if anybody is going through a similar experience um do get in touch um, if you'd like to share any advice about um how karen might want to um add things into a recovery or if you would like some advice about your situation uh, we'd be happy to help and uh, maybe we can give you a shout out on on the next episode so um, yeah we'd love to hear your stories that could help Karen but also other listeners too so that brings us to an end of today's episode and uh, finally remember everyone don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance Thanks for joining us today on She Runs Eats Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they are high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key they also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a gps tracking device and this is a unique safety feature All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 
for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.